What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hello, hello, my name is Michael O'Fay and I'm joined by my wife, Marsha, every week to discuss the intersection of minimalism and veganism on this show, in addition to weekly recipes and articles, all of which you can find on theminimalistvegan.com. In this episode, we're discussing how to approach being a minimalist at Christmas time, especially if you've participated in the rampant consumerism in the past and you're changing up your behavior. The transition can be a bit tricky depending on what your conventions and traditions are. So we'll kick off this episode by looking at some alarming statistics of the impact Christmas has on waste uh, in general. And then we get into some of the lessons that we've learned over the years of how to integrate minimalism at Christmas time with friends and family. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It is a bit shorter than usual, which uh, is hopefully a good thing for you. And this is our final episode for the year as we're going to take a couple of weeks break uh, just to recharge and engage in some slow creation and reflection. So, uh, look, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate your attention as always. And looking forward to sharing more content with you in 2020. So, what are we talking about today? We're talking about our approach to minimalism at Christmas time. Yeah, it's um, obviously it's good timing with this topic. We're a few weeks out from Christmas. A few weeks. It's next week. <laughs> Is it next week? Jeez. Maybe, maybe we're late. Maybe we're late with this podcast. But um, when we're putting this together, we've written some content about this in the past. We've alluded to some of these topics in previous episodes. I think episode 12 around minimalist gifts. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about how to approach veganism during a holiday season. But we really wanted to speak to those of you who are, are trying to limit their participation of consumerism that exists at this time of the year, specifically around Christmas and leading up to it, and and how to navigate that, and to also realign with the impacts of this excessive consumerism because it's very real. So we just wanted to share some 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 stats and numbers that we found about the rampant consumerism, and then share some tips and advice of how you can apply your minimalist values at this time of the year. And just keep in mind that we're still working through this stuff as well. A lot of it is, is got to do around the social constructs of uh, what Christmas means to you and, and, and what it means to your friends and family and obviously what your role is in that as well. So it's not as easy as people may think it is. So with that, we just wanted to kick off with understanding the the aftermath of Christmas because if you do love Christmas and you enjoy everything about it, the gift giving, the food, the drinks, then the music, the music, of (laughs) course, the movies, then it doesn't take long for you to even look around your household. Maybe you've got extended family over or you've, you've gone away to a cabin somewhere. Come four o'clock in the afternoon. It's looks like a disaster zone. <laughs> That's the case in my household. There's wrapping paper and plastic everywhere. There's food scraps everywhere. Even if you're tidy, you go to your recycling bin or your bin and it has never been fuller this time of the year. Mm. Like there's, there's just so much stuff going on. Mm. Um, and that's a really interesting snapshot of what's happening at a macro level. Can you speak to some of the stats that we found um, around waste? Yeah, so I mean... 
this particular one, we've sort of mixed in a bit of Australian and American because that's where, well, we're in Australia and most of our audience is actually in America. So we wanted to speak to both parties here. Yep. So in terms of consumption and waste, one million tonnes of extra waste is created each week Wow! during the holiday season in the US. One million tonnes of waste each week. Yes. So that's, oh man, we didn't do that. Like that's the equivalent to like four ships, <laughs> but that's a lot of waste. And I'm assuming we can safe to assume that's between like one December and one January. So that's I think it's actually a longer period than really? that. Yeah. Because okay. you've got Thanksgiving before that as right, well. Right. So, and I, I don't know how, but then the, the stat also said it was 25 tons all up. So, I don't know how that equates. That would be like half a year. Wow. So. 25 million tons. Yes. Jeez, that's obscene. Yes. Okay. So, last year in Australia, there were 10 million unwanted gifts, which actually came to $400 million worth of presents, which people didn't actually want. Wow. So, most of that actually would end up in landfill because or people just, yeah, or they just, just don't know what to do yeah. with it. So, I don't understand why that happens, but... <laughs> 10 million unwanted gifts were found last year. You know what? Yeah. And because um, I did a, a post for another company last year, and when I did the research, I think in 2016, um, it was 20 million unwanted gifts. So, depending on the sources, it's probably between 10 and 20, uh, okay. but it's it, I think it's actually going down, which is yeah. good. But, um, People are starting to realise yeah. that their gifts are unwanted. Yeah, they're <laughs> not intentional. But it's even those, you know, office Christmas parties, yeah. school. Secret Santa, that You know, stuff, you go yeah. to your gym will have a Christmas. Like everyone's yeah. having Christmas parties or people that they care about and they want to get them a little token of something. Yeah. But that token typically has, you know, they don't, it's just a generalised gift. Yeah. And I think in those instances, it's better just to stick to chocolate or something that can <laughs> be consumed yeah. or it's easy to re-gift yes. as well. Yes. But so when it comes to food waste, 90% of Aussies usually discard over 25% of their food during the festive period, which for us is from, so it's for the month of December. It's so, sure. so we normally, like I find that even... When I used to work in a health food store or a uh, fruit and veg store years ago, people would go crazy before you close because most places close down for a f- at least a few days. Yep. So people tend to overbuy to overcompensate for just in case yeah. they need more food. Yeah. They don't want to run out of food. Yeah, it's a terrifying prospect, right? But people most, going hungry at Christmas. Yeah, but most of that food only lasts a short amount of time. So yeah. if they ha- if they buy something, then they need to eat it by a certain day or if they've heated it up, you know, like you don't want to get food poisoning or you don't want to be eating food yeah. that's gone bad. Yeah. So I think that that's where a lot of people tend to, you know, FOMO, fear of missing well, out and, kicks and in. And you know what? And those are our type of people. So that's probably the people listening to this podcast who buy produce that's fresh. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure this stat applies to 
the general public that and are consuming in supermarkets like that. that are, you know, long life expiry but are still discarding so much yeah. food. I mean, I used to be like that. Not that I discarded because I'm quite resourceful and thrifty that way. Like I just use up things just yep. for the sake of using them up and eating them. But when the markets would be closed for a couple of weeks and that's where I'd get most of my produce from, I would freak out. I'd be like, I need to buy everything that I possibly can. And you'd go home with at least double what you'd normally buy. But that produce isn't going to last as long unless you're smart and you, you know, chop things up and you freeze them and you package them correctly and all of that sort of stuff. But if you're just in your normal routine, then that stuff doesn't get used. Yeah. And so I caught myself going, why am I buying so much more? Or things would be on sale because they are closing for a few weeks or they won't be selling that produce anymore. So you're getting things next to nothing. And again, you're grabbing it because you just in case you might want to yep. make that last minute dish. Yes. So, um, yeah, I've, I even learned that from my own experience that it's like, well, hang on a second. No, put that bunch of carrots down. Do, do you, do I don't th- need that. Do you, think, do you think though in the last couple of Christmases we've discarded 25% of the food during that time of the year? Like our families? Yeah. No. No. So, okay. Like we're pretty good that way, especially, well, your family celebrates Christmas much more than mine does, but my family doesn't go all out or they don't have, like it's just a nice sit down meal. They don't, make a three-course meal or appetizers and desserts. Yep. Well, they do, but it's not excessive. It's like this is going to feed the amount of people that are here. Yeah, because I think there's a unwritten rule that Christmas Day, uh, the conventional Christmas Day is a day where you can eat as much as you want. You pig out. Yeah. I maybe should have said. <laughs> yeah, where you eat as much as you can. So that is the intent. Mm. So if you go in there with that goal of like, oh, I, I'm just stuffing my I'm face. I'm stuffing so. my face, then you know, of course we're going to put too much on our plates. Yeah. So I think that's what this is speaking a lot to. So 25% gone. Um, I also just wanted to to speak to the aftermath of, um, you know, because we've talked about unwanted gifts, the impact of that. We've talked about food waste. But there's a, there's a level of stress that comes with Christmas as well. Yeah. And, you know, while some families really enjoy the preparation of Christmas, you know, putting out Christmas lights on your house, the Christmas tree, the decorations around the house, wrapping up presents, preparing food. That can be a really joyous sort of process. But for the majority of people, Christmas is becoming more transactional. It's mm. like we're trying to tick items off our to-do list yeah. and we don't have the time. But To we know, slow it down. To slow it down, yeah. but we need to get it done, right? So this mm. causes a lot of stress yeah. when... You're looking at a list of all these things you need to do so your family can have a the really perfect day. a perfect day adds a lot of stress. Furthermore, we're talking about money. There's mm. a lot of financial pressure that comes at Christmas. Mm. And an interesting stat that we found that was um, conducted by one of the big banks here in Australia is that 86% of Aussies find Christmas puts a lot of strain on their finances. I mean, that's not a big surprise. But the main corporate for that was gifts which make up 66%. So outside of that, you've got food and decorations and all the other things that come with it. But gifts by themselves represent 66% of that pressure. Mm. Um, And we'll talk about the financial component, but then also just the pressure of getting the right gifts because we know that 10 million go unwanted every year. So there's all of that going on as well. So the concoction of all of that is, is a pretty stressful 
and extravagant experience. And on top of that, I mean, Australian adults are found to spend $475 each year in presents. So that's like $500 uh, just on presents each year. Uh, and this is on average. So that's quite a high amount. I mean, were you surprised with that figure? No. I mean, if you, especially with electron, like they're expensive. Yeah. And that almost seems low. On the low side, yeah. Yeah. Depending on the quality or, or the average cost of each present, this could be a really high number or really low number depending yeah. on, you know, who you are. Um, we've both worked in retail and food and things like that at this time of the year. So, like, we've talked about the impact in your household, but there's there's a level of insanity that goes on in shopping malls and just people out trying to buy things. Do you remember what that was like? Everyone was just like, again, the transactional, just getting it done rather than enjoying the process of taking it easy. And what Christmas has become, I think, is really an odd concept. Like when you actually ask people why they do this, I don't think many people really know. They just do it because they feel like it's a tradition and they should be doing it. They don't dare to challenge it in any way. Yeah, it's like we've opted in. Yeah. And we can't get out of it. Yeah. And everyone's running around like in, in their lunch breaks. Yeah. Trying to get through this list of things that they need to buy and food that they need to prepare. Mm. And then meanwhile, you've got, you know, the pressure of sales of the retail world coming at you. So you're tempted to even buy more than what you've budgeted for, over leveraging yourself. And it's it's just a concoction of consumerism. And what I find interesting is I've always found this funny. It's like you buy all of these presents for Christmas. And then the next day on Boxing Day, all of it goes on sale. Mm. And then you go shopping again. Mm. It's just consumerism, consumerism, consumerism. I just yeah. find it bizarre how it's like if you just wait that one extra day, whatever it is that you've purchased, you could get it at a much, yeah. much lower price. But it's not the same as receiving a gift on Christmas It's not, Day. no. Yeah. So there's obviously a trade-off cost in terms of getting that yeah. experience and excitement around it. But yeah, but talking about what conventional Christmas has become, as we've just highlighted, and we're not saying that this is everybody's experience, you no. know, but for, for many people it is. And that's mm. why we're seeing the stats of unwanted gifts, food waste and the stress that it's causing financially. And again, this is, we're talking to the Australian and the American yeah. market. Um, the impact is very real, but, you know, outside of looking at the religious side of Christmas, like, you know, when did this convention become a thing of what it is today, this commercial side of it? Like, mm. how did that come to be? Well, it took, it wasn't even that Christmas came about when Christ was born. Mm. And Christmas is actually, it came from Christ's mass. So that's the word Christmas. That's how right. it's sort of put together. But the first recording of it being celebrated was 336. Right. And that was what, 336 years after Christ was born. Right. So, and I think it was about a, a hundred years prior to that, that a gentleman started putting that together. And gifts, when it comes to Christmas, weren't even introduced till about 160, 70 years ago. Really? So, it wasn't a tradition for presents to be exchanged on Christmas Day. Like, I did a lot of digging around and, and looking at the traditions and how things came about. And Christmas trees used to also be hung 
from the roof so that they weren't an interference in the homes. And really? a lot of it, obviously, it stemmed from Europe. So it would be in winter, like for us here, it's in summer. And a, a Christmas tree, like a real Christmas tree, would was brought indoors to symbolize life. And apples were hung to symbolize the Garden of Eden that then in the future became ornaments instead of apples. Right. And in America in 1822, a man wrote a poem called A Night Before Christmas. And that is how they reimagined St. Nicholas, which is actually celebrated on the 6th of December. I see. In some European countries as well. So, and then drawings were done later on of what father christmas or santa claus looked like and that just kind of stuck with people and when it comes back circling back to gifts at first gifts were actually educational to help children learn and also when advent calendars came about they weren't chocolate filled they were more so based around different stories from the bible so you would have you'd open up a little window and it would have a picture of something in there and that would symbolize a verse or a, a section of the Bible and you would learn that way. Right. And that actual same advent calendar would then be put away for the following year. It wasn't something that was discarded every single year and replaced. Right. Because it would be, you know, everything was a little bit more... Considered. It was yeah. much more considered and it was all handmade. Mm. So, and it would probably be quite expensive to be buying it every single year. And so now... You have chocolate-filled calendars that doesn't, you know, like you see, you open it up, you've got your chocolate and that's that, you know, yep. it's very consumerist-driven thing. Yep. And again, gifts are something that are now made toys and electronics and 70 to 80% of kids actually request an electronic gift. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So, <laughs> In the technology age. But that's really interesting because... You know, when you look at the origins of Christmas and, and, and it's, well, to be honest, it's, a lot of it's quite murky there. But when it comes to, you know, 160 years ago, we're going down the path of educational gifts to help children learn. That's pretty interesting. That's an mm. a, a interesting intent there. And then we can see in such a short amount of time, like 150 years is not a long time, um, how quickly, uh, you know, humans are humans. We see opportunities. Yeah. and you know, we've seen opportunities to drive product sales. Yeah. And that's where we've created this machine, this mm. consumerist machine. We don't have anything against gift giving, even as minimalists, right? We, you know, as long as there's a level of intentionality, as long as it's got a use case, it doesn't end up in the unwanted pile. And we understand that this is a genuine love language for a lot of people out there. You yeah. know, this is how they express their love to others mm. and how they receive love from others. So gifts are very important. So we don't want to feel that like by applying minimalism, you know, there's, you should not, there should not be any gift giving cycles. It's just that we see that there's, it's excessive. It's just way over the top. And, and it's like, it must be purchased. Yes. You know, it's not that feeling of, oh, I really want to buy this for someone. It's like, no, I need to buy them something. Right. And so. that need, that desire that we have, this opt-in is just engineered from capitalism and just, you know, transacting products. Yeah. So that's that's why, you know, the principles of minimalism 
are really important to apply at Christmas. It's just because you're trying to fight through that machine mm. to make it more intentional, to make it more valuable mm. than just excessive. I mean, I've noticed even this year, maybe it's the circles that I sort of surround myself with, but more people are focusing on getting gifts that are from local makers or, you know, wanting to support more smaller businesses. I don't know how that's on a on a bigger yeah. scale, but I think it's slowly shifting to try and be a little bit more intentional with the gifts that they're purchasing. It is, but I think that's also the bubble that we're in. Yeah. It is because, um, I mean, how much time have you spent in a, a traditional mall this year? I think I've been once or twice. Once or twice all year, right? So if you and I were to go to the mall today, and I wasn't even, I don't even know why I was. No, there. no, like I mean, like proper mall. Like if we were to go to the mall today, yeah, we would see what's happening outside of yeah. our bubble. Yeah, you know, people are still just, and I'd run. <laughs> yeah, people are still just mindlessly grabbing things off the shelf, putting them in bags, getting them wrapped on the spot to put under the tree. You know, two dollar decorate. Like it's all still happening. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree that. You know, we don't have the data to back this up, but there seems to be a shift to a more sustainable Christmas. Well, I think compared to 10 care, years ago, yeah. and there is a lot more people that are being creative and, you know, more shops that are opening up locally that are sharing local makers or just smaller businesses yeah, uh, because they're finding that that's an important part of economy and to support small rather than support big corporations sure so on that topic about like you know what we can do i thought it'd be interesting to jump into some things that we have tried to apply yeah um when it comes to minimalism at christmas to be more intentional at this time of the year Mm. and uh and i think it always starts with you know having a conversation with friends and family Mm. yeah i think it's important out of everything when you're thinking about talking to people is really just trying to reset their expectations and because you have a history of being involved in that consumerism you may or may not I don't know but when it comes to us we have participated heavily in Christmas and other traditions where it was very consumerist based so to all of a sudden be not for for us not to want to be involved in that you have to have the conversation so that there's no awkwardness and there's no expectations and there's no... Disappointment. Disappointment and people getting upset over it. Yeah, because, I mean, if you don't if you don't have that conversation and bring your loved ones along on that journey with you, uh, then it's going to come as a shock to them. Mm. It's going to come as a surprise. And and that can dampen, dampen the experience because the thing is, it's much like veganism. Your friends and family want you to have a good experience mm. as well. Yeah. So, um, and they don't want you to feel like you're missing out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 more about helping them understand that you're totally totally okay with this. So when it comes to the conversation itself, we found that it's it's really respectful and helpful to have this conversation as early as you can in the year, at least three months before Christmas. Just keeping in mind that, you know, many of our families are planning around this time. Or if you feel like they're starting to kind of like if they're a little bit late to the party or they're starting to ask you around or talk about Christmas and gift giving and exchanging all of that sort of stuff, that you bring it up then. 
Yep. Or if it's something that you're already familiar with, you don't really, like for us, we don't even have to have that conversation anymore because it's been a few years now that they know what the drill is every Christmas. So um, it doesn't have to really happen every single year once you have that conversation once. It might just be a refresher for the year two or three. But generally speaking, it's just going to be their understanding that you're not prepared to participate in the way that you used to. Yes. And I think with that, it's in the conversation itself, it's about leading with what you love about Christmas Mm. and what you are willing to continue to participate in. Yeah. So, you know, for example, if if that's eating incredible food, playing board games, going to church, watching movies, or just simply spending high quality time together, you know, you really want to make sure that you're highlighting that you still love Christmas and you love what it represents and that time of the year. Um, but there's some aspects of it that you want to limit your consumerism with. Um, and mm. that's both in receiving and giving uh, and, and doing doing so without judgment. So making them feel comfortable that they can continue yeah. experiencing Christmas in the way that they used to without yeah. you judging them. Yes, um, but, that's important. But also to say that, hey, look, this is a part I love. This mm. is a part that I'm not, not wanting, gonna, to, participate not wanting to participate anymore. in anymore. And I think it just really shows that you're being considerate yep. of of the whole process and what that day looks like as well for everybody involved. Yep. So instead of gift giving, I think that there's some things that we can talk about. Well, it's it can still be gift giving, but it can be experiences and it can be in different forms as well. So you can book an Airbnb house away somewhere and, you know, that average of $475 that you're spending on people if you group that with with a few families and all of the food, that's just on gifts, you mm. know, that you're spending that could actually be a nice few days away. Yep. And, you know, we've talked about this many times before, but we're all for having experiences over gifts. Or if you do want to participate in the gift-giving exchange – Maybe try doing something that's secondhand or having the conversation of maybe experimenting with a buy nothing gift giving theme. Yep. Because that way it will challenge people to think outside the box and actually be a little bit more creative in in how they show love rather than just going down to the shops and buying something. Yep. So I think that that could be a wonderful experience for For the whole family. For sure. I think another another approach as well is if you are going to participate in gifts is also, and this ties into minimalism and, and, and just a bit of sustainability as well, yeah. uh, but turning materials around the house into wrapping paper. Yeah. Um, so being resourceful with magazines, newspapers, and wrapping paper from previous years, yeah. um, exactly. fancy shopping bags from previous years. Um Maybe you do some decluttering in your garage and it frees up more wrapping paper or more bags that you could use. <laughs> so um, th- that's that's definitely something to consider. You can use boxes that you already have. Yeah. Shoe boxes, storage boxes. Again, a bit of decluttering might help free that up if you don't have some spare ones. And you might be thinking, oh, Michael, please, why would I use a shoe box? You can always wrap it up in craft paper. For sure. You know, and that's that can later on be used for something else as well, for storage in your cupboard or in your house somewhere. So it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be a dagging looking box. You can get creative and and do things with it to make it look prettier. 
for sure. And, you know, if you have a whole theme of recycled packaging, that in itself can be a brand in the house and it can look yeah. quite nice. Yeah. Um, and think about that for family photos and the story that's going to tell when you're looking back at this Christmas mm. and what it represented. So, yeah. Um, it, the other thing is, and maybe you can talk about this because you've, you're, you know, you've got that feel and that touch for creative <laughs> things. Um, yeah, even just picking flowers from your garden or just from the side of the road. If you go for a little walk around your neighbourhood yep. and pick some flowers or do it in advance and pick some flowers and dry them out and tie them with some twine or, you know, stick them down with, I'm sure everybody has existing sticky tape in the household or yes. little bits of ribbon you know that's and my whole life growing up I've always had a box of wrapping recycled wrapping paper and bags and all of that sort of stuff around me yep so many times I've I don't I think probably 80 to 90 percent of the time I've reused Yes, old you do. packaging. You do. You always reuse. Old and packaging. when I don't have something, I get annoyed because then yeah. I have to think of other ways to do it. Yeah. But I think it's and that way you can also, rather than the gift being the main highlight, the wrapping itself can be a beautiful memory that you can create. Yeah. Like my dad, for instance, every single birthday, he gives me for a long time now. He's given me a card, but he creates this beautiful pressed flower montage on the on the envelope and that in itself is a piece of artwork and I keep those because they're absolutely stunning and he puts a lot of effort into those mm. and I'll keep that over the card any any time yeah and you know that's the thing that I remember is and a sometimes little tradition. you get sometimes you get cash as well but you you probably couldn't even tell me what you spent the cash on no but you remember the card yeah. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I wouldn't remember it if the card was just an average card. It's actually yeah. just the envelope. If you just gave me the envelope on its own or a piece of paper with that, you know, it's much nicer than going out and spending money. Yeah. So, yeah, that's some food for thought as well. Good tip. And if you're receiving gifts. Yes. This is the thing. And I'm not one to have the the nicest face if I receive something that I don't want. Um, yeah, there's an art to receiving gifts gracefully and accepting them regardless. Um, I must admit I'm not very good at that and this is why you should never buy me presents. <laughs> but I think it's important to not make the other person feel bad mm. and just accept it and then work out what you'll do with it later on. Yeah. I mean, because but, you're you're trying. Obviously, you've tried your best to set expectations with everybody, but it might not always work, or there might be an unexpected relative or friend that gives you a gift that you didn't expect. And just if you do have a wish list, I think it's important to let people know of it before they start shopping for the presents. Yeah, because we've had we've had family be very insistent in getting us a gift anyway. Yeah. And you might get this, right? Again, that might be their love language. They're just like, no, you're going to get a gift. And if that's the case, then give them a list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's just been the safest thing. Um, for us, it's a bit unique because we found out like because because of our values, it, was, or, it already creates quite a lot of pressure for other people. Mm. You know, Even though we said, look, we don't need anything, but they still want to give us something. It's like there's quite a few check boxes that they need yeah. to go through. Well, so, if you want to go through that painful process, here you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've trained our family to, well, they know 
because yeah. they're like, well, we have to ask. We yeah. need to because it's going to yeah. be either they don't want it or it's going to be super specific. Yeah. And um, and that's okay as well because there might be some things as a minimalist that are on your wish list that you need. Yeah. Like I completely worn, worn out my hiking boots like two years. I think I've got the same shoes like two years in a row or something like that because yeah. I wear them out over the year. Yeah. I need it. So yeah. that can be a really useful and essential gift for me. Mm. Um, but you just need to make them aware. And for those who want to maintain an element of surprise for giving you a gift, you know, give them multiple options then mm. um, as well. Or kind of give and them a, a, uh, an idea of the if there's a particular store, you know, like kind of guide them in the right direction. Yes. Because shopping for people like us, I know is not easy. I've been told multiple times that it's difficult to buy me a present. And it was difficult before. You were a minimalist vegan. Yes. And now it's like <laughs> next level, yeah. 90% increase in difficulty. Yeah. So. And which is, it's not a, it, it's actually not a bad place to be in because it makes the conversation for less consumerism a lot easier. Yes. Uh, in, in our position anyway. Mm. Yeah. Like they know not to get you a lot of things yeah. that you can find out there. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of make it too hard for them. They're like, oh, stuff it. This is not yeah, exactly. Um, the other, <laughs> and you <laughs> get what you want in the end. The other thing that's worked really well that was unexpected is um, some family and has bought us movie tickets or uh, a voucher to eating dinner out. So they've gone down the the theme of experiences. Yeah, and that's been really lovely. A really yeah. nice touch as well. So you can always make uh, if all else fails then, you know, you can always fall back on something like that. And if you want some help in the experience department, I've put together a blog post that has over 90 gifts as experiences for everyone, for kids, adults, everyone. Couples, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you can go. We'll link that in the show notes, but you can um, go and search that on the website. It's a huge list. Huge list. No excuse. Yes. Um, And... And you can make experiences really incredible, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, as a gift. And then on Christmas Day itself, because uh, at least in our experience, we've found that, you know, uh, if if you're not participating in gifts, for example, that you're not going to have the best experience. You're not going to have that magical Christmas Day. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you bring it on Christmas Day. And what I mean by that is... Lead by example and show your family that you can still have a great time without going crazy with with so many things. Yeah. Um, If that means, you know, watching your food portions. So still eat as much as you want, but just take less food each time rather than overloading your plate and overcommitting and then having to throw food away. Um, whether that's just keeping count, count on the recycling and how much wrapping and plastic and, and things are going in there. Lead the charge in games in selecting movies, in having fun. Mm. Just bring the energy, have a great time. Mm. And I think if there's one theme that you've recognized throughout this whole conversation about applying minimalism to Christmas is that you do need to lead. You need to lead the charge. You need to lead conversations. You need to lead ideas. You need to lead sustainable options. You need to lead wish lists. You need to lead experience gifts. You need to lead energy on the day. You need to... Like all these things starts with you. Mm. You'll get yourself into trouble if you sit back and you don't do anything and then 
things happen things that happen, you feel uncomfortable and then you're like with. oh people don't understand me or mm. you know oh i feel guilty i've got all these things i don't want or oh my god look around at all this waste, waste. yeah like that's when you 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 run into those problems so as a minimalist you need to lead the charge and yeah. everyone's going to be happy you can still have a great time mm. and then over each year you're going to build a brand for yourself in your community it's going to make it easier and easier every time yeah and who knows, some of those ideas that you have might stick and, you know, your whole family might get into creating their own wrapping paper or, you know, using old clothes to wrap, like get creative in how they make things more sustainable. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Cool. Is there anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Well, the main thing is just to make sure that you have fun, that yep. you're not the person that's just trying to drag down Christmas yeah, and and make it seem like it's all doom and gloom. I think it's important yeah. because some people, gift giving and receiving, that's what Christmas is about. Yep. And you saying that you're opting out of that might seem as though, you, well, you might as well not bother showing up. Yeah. So I think it's important to have those conversations with, as much consideration and respect as possible and yeah come up with the goods come up with ideas that will open up their eyes to something that they might not have thought about before yeah because that's the cause for the confusion and anxiety is like oh well then what yeah exactly then what yeah answer that question up front yeah and you'll be fine yeah cool sounds good well thanks for tuning in guys we Thanks. hope you got something out of this episode and we will probably be taking a two-week break over the Christmas period just to let ourselves think and get into the mode of slow creation, which is something that we'll talk to you in a, in a future episode about. But have a wonderful holiday season and I don't know if this is it for this year then. I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Yes. Yeah, guys. Thanks. Thanks for yeah tuning in. Uh, for this year and take it easy try try to slow down in order the craziness that happens at this time of and year. enjoy every moment yeah really think about if you are spending all this money and energy and time and madness about it make sure that you actually enjoy it yeah. when it comes around because the I've got a, I've got a, a so cool I get to do this sneak peek I've got an article coming out this week uh, about what we can learn from Christmas Day. And so stay tuned for that. But the basic premise of it is there's a lot of good that comes out of Christmas Day. Yeah. There's a lot of calmness. There's not many arguments, at least in my experience, yeah. in the house. And it's a great time for the family to come together. And there's, But there's a certain level of freedom that comes with Christmas. Mm. A freedom of like, I'm going to eat what I want. I'm going to like get this, do that, watch any movie I want. I'm going to have a nap in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, there's this... This is, it's a day for you not to feel guilty and and hopefully my, not stressed and not stressed and and my argument is why can't we feel that way more often yeah why, why does it, it have to one be year? one day in yeah. a year that it, we create this magic you yeah. know why can't we create this weekly or monthly yeah. and so that's what I love you guys to think about is well, what makes Christmas special and take all the the financial burden outside yeah. of it. But just take out like the feeling of it mm. and how can you replicate that feeling mm. on a smaller scale? Yeah. Whether it's like every Sunday. Yeah. Like how do I make 
next week feel like Christmas and the week after create like a bit Christmas. of a ritual yeah um, so that's something that we're, we're definitely thinking a lot more about is is how we can get that feeling more often because mm. why not and it's funny now that you mentioned that like and this is one of the reasons why our newsletter our weekly newsletter is called slow Sunday mornings because yeah. it's kind of like we're trying to help you create that weekly ritual of just being slow and doing all of the things that you normally don't feel like you have time for but that yeah. bring you joy yeah do do so, guilt guilt free pleasures you know just yeah. do something you love and if you're not signed up to our slow sunday mornings <laughs> newsletter make sure that you do <laughs> theminimalistvegan.com yes thanks guys Thank we'll you. chat to you soon happy new year and merry christmas bye <laughs>